All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop bowl presentation Buckle up, because we've got a busy one tonight. It is the Wednesday Night Box Score Breakdown for January 15th, 2020. I am Alan Strokey, joined by my fellow host, the captain, Kurt Beach. Kurt, how you doing? Alan, I'm living the dream good, sir. Just got done with a long day of work and trying to catch up on all the news and injuries and everything that happened today. Yeah, same here. I, I got home a little later than... Uh, than usual and i hopped on uh, the computer saw the twitter feed and (laughs) we had a ton of injuries that just sort of took place with a ton of different teams multiple with uh with the chicago bulls even and lots of fantasy ramifications come from that so we have tons to dive into 
This, of course, is a, a hoop ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee is the title sponsor of the Box Score Breakdown in all podcasts on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. You can check them out on hawaiianisles.com. Find them on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. And, of course, you can look them up on Twitter at H-I Kona Coffee. Hawaiian Isles, get yourself a cup today. I could sure use one right now because I... <laughs> I, I'm looking at all my sheets, and uh, I just I, I, I'm trying to get the bags out from under my eyes and wake up here because it's we gotta get it going. Yes, sir. <clears throat> all right, let's see. Well, I guess we're just gonna start with the first game on the night. No more wasting time here. The Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics tipped off in Boston. Pistons actually stole one, one sixteen Detroit to one o three Boston. Seku Demboya was the leading scorer for Detroit in this one. He shot an impressive 10 of 13 from the floor en route to 24 points, had a couple of three-pointers, grabbed two rebounds, had an assist and a steal. He's pretty locked into his starting role right now. I, I feel pretty good about his prospects. Of all the streamer-slash-stash types that you have in Detroit, Seku seems to be one of the safest. Uh, Dwayne Casey... Definitely trusts him to play big minutes, and he's been about a top 100 guy since getting to this 30 minute, near 30 minute role that he's been playing with. That should go. I feel like that that could only get better as the year goes on. So he's a guy that I think is worth a spot on standard league rosters. I, I want to talk about Bruce Brown, who's another really interesting Detroit Piston with uh, all these guys out and like this rebuild impending, but I don't think I can start with him until I address Derek Rose, who jumped into the starting lineup tonight, and he, he was also fantastic. 11 of 13 from the floor, uh, in route to 22 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds in 29 minutes. Rose had actually started the second half of Detroit's last two ball games, so this is a decision that Dwayne Casey has been thinking about for the last few games. Um, and he decided to finally pull the trigger and take Rose from his six-man role and just make him the, the starting point guard. And you couldn't have asked for a better debut in terms of that. Rose continues to be a solid bench standard league player. And this is kind of where he ties into Bruce Brown, who started alongside him at shooting guard but only saw 24 minutes, scored four points, grabbed three rebounds, had three assists in a steal and a block. You like the block and you like the two defensive stats, but... He he's been his minutes have been trending down over his last few ball games, and a lot of it's because Rose, uh, the Pistons have been deferring to him. Uh, he lost out minutes to Langston Galloway the other night as well, who didn't see a lot in this game. It was more uh, Svi uh, Mihailuk, but you know Brown, he he was really becoming an appealing standard league target because of his point guard play. With the Pistons starting lineup, he was collecting a lot of assists as well as those steals that were giving him some value. I still really like him. Um, probably more to finish the season than I do right now because his role seems to be in flux. I think that the Pistons... Well, I think Derrick Rose is playing for to be traded right now since Andre Drummond is already trying to work his way out of town. And I think that makes a lot of sense. He does, the, Rose doesn't fit into Detroit's plan moving forward, and I'm sure there are contenders that are looking at what he's doing right now are interested so maybe this could be you know i think the piss i think casey's move to put rose in the starting lineup's order to just win some games but it could also be to, sh uh, to start auditioning him a little bit more 
Brown's going to be a little inconsistent going forward, uh, but he's still a guy that I think has a lot of late season appeal with this uh, rebuild coming. And just to go through the rest of the guys a little quicker here, Drummond, as I mentioned before, he saw 38 minutes and only took six shots. Made all of them, though. Had 13 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, which is pretty high. Led the team in assists, actually. And three steals and a block. A pretty interesting line from him. Um, and, yeah, he's just kind of hoping. I think he's waiting to get traded at some point. Christian Wood left this game early with a knee contusion, I believe is what it was. But I've read some reports that indicated that's not going to be that bad. So we'll just move on to the next one. He's still a stash. Markeith Morris played really well off the bench, scored 23 points in 22 minutes. But he's not a guy I'm interested in in pretty much any setting. And then Svimi Hailuk, uh, who uh, saw 29 minutes off the bench, led all reserves in minutes. He scored 21 points on 6-9 shooting with five three-pointers, five assists, and a rebound. He's been trending up. He's um, played himself over his last seven ball games. He's played himself around to the top 100, primarily floated by threes. And I think he's averaging about a steal a game in that span as well. I don't really think that's all that consistent. I don't like him too much more than a three-point streamer outside of deep leagues. And, yeah, that's, that's all the guys in Detroit. Kurt, did I miss anyone? Uh, no, man. I, I like the, the takes on Bruce Brown. He's, he's great for steals. And, uh, I'm definitely a little intrigued by Makai Luke. Somebody asked about him on Twitter the other day and I didn't think a whole lot about him. I was like, he hasn't done much. And, and then, like you said, those numbers in the last, uh, 14 days are pretty good or pretty decent in the last month, but definitely hotter in the last, in the last, uh, 14 days where he's been, Gosh, I just lost him on here. Give me two seconds here. Okay, so last, like you said, last seven games, almost 15 points, 3.6 threes, two boards, three and a half assists, a steal. That's a uh, that's kind of intriguing. And in that span, he's been playing 35 minutes a game, which has also gone under my radar. And he's available in 95% of Yahoo leagues as of right now. So if you need a a three point streamer. And, you know, potentially maybe a little more than a streamer. I heard, uh, I think that was on the big three. They were calling these kind of guys that are a streamer and then maybe could turn into something like a, a river. So he <laughs> could be your, <laughs> your nice river type guy. I like that. Um, yeah. And also interesting, like you said, to see Rose in the starting lineup. Uh, and for those who have Christian Wood, I would keep holding on to him because we know uh, Drummond's not happy. And if he gets moved in a, high usage center doesn't come back. There could be some, a strong finish to the season for Wood. On the Celtic side, we had uh, Jason Tatum miss today with a sprained thumb. We also saw Daniel Tice return from a one-game absence, and we got news from Brad Stevens that Robert Williams, the Time Lord, is not expected back prior to the All-Star break. So if you're in a super deep league and you're holding him... Um, you know, now you have a time frame there. Daniel Tice tonight had nine, seven, and six. The assists were nice. He chipped in a steal and a block. Gordon Hayward had a really solid game. 25 points, seven boards, two steals, a three, 11 of 15 from the field. Kemba Walker had an off-shooting night. Only went seven to 19, two of 11 from deep for 19 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals. He's been uh, a little bit down in the last 30 days. He's number 84, according to Yahoo and 9cat. 84. 
So I think he's uh, a buy low guy that I actually haven't seen him called a buy low guy yet. So uh, maybe you can catch one of the guys in your league sleeping. Marcus Smart also had an off shooting night, one of nine. But he chips in in other areas, as we know. Three points, three rebounds, four assists, two steals. Jalen Brown, 24 and 12, four triples, two dimes. And off the bench, uh, Cantor had an off night tonight. Minutes were a little lower. He'd been up around that 20-minute mark for a good span here. Tonight only saw 16 for six points, three rebounds, one block. That's probably going to frustrate some owners. He's been a top 100 guy over the last month, so I would probably... I mean, that's that's usable. Other than that, mm, nothing really here for off the bench, even for 14-teamers, I would say. Maybe real deep leaguers could give a look to... Brad Wanamaker, but there's usually not enough meat on the bone with him. Alan, did I miss anything here? No, you covered all the big ones. I do. Uh, I did see something about Jalen Brown uh, aggravating his thumb in this one, and he might be uncertain for their ball game tomorrow. So we're gonna wait for more updates on that one. Monstrous game out of him, though. So hopefully yeah. he's not. He he doesn't miss any time. And yeah. Uh, I think Cantor is kind of the center that I'm most interested in. I like I like Tice, but he's just kind of fringy if he's not blocking those shots. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know he he did do a lot tonight with the assists, so you do like that. But yeah, this is a pretty easy team to to go over because it's really nothing that interesting outside the starting lineup. Right. So yeah, I, I think we could just go ahead and move on to the next one. The ESPN game tonight, one of two. It was the Brooklyn Nets in the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly takes down Brooklyn 117 to 106. We'll start with the Nets side of things. Uh, there's a the there, there's some interesting things to talk about with Brooklyn right now. Kyrie Irving is making his way back. He's played 37 minutes in this game, shot six of twenty-one from the floor in route to 14 points, grabbed six rebounds, had four assists, two steals, and a block with one three-pointer. The uh, interesting thing here was Spencer Dinwiddie playing alongside Irving, also seeing 37 minutes, and he played really well. He scored 26 points on 8 of 16 shooting with three three-pointers, eight assists, and two rebounds. He, that, that's an interesting lineup change that uh, I'll get back to in a second here. Uh, see, where else we go? Dorian Prince starting at power forward. He logged 33 minutes and had a pretty good ball game himself, scored 15 points on five of nine shooting with three three-pointers, seven rebounds and three steals. Jared Allen got himself up to 31 minutes uh, because uh, DeAndre Jordan had to leave this game with a dislocated finger. He's set to be reevaluated tomorrow. This is one of the worst timeshares in all of the, in the entire league. Jared Allen, if Jordan is moved out of the way, he could see some monstrous production moving forward. So, Allen owners, definitely keep your eye on the Jordan news uh, for tomorrow. But yes, Jared Allen on 7 of 8 shooting in this one, scored 17 points, had 10 rebounds and an assist. No defensive stats, but that is going to change on night tonight. Joe Harris also in the starting lineup, 26 minutes on 2 of 9 shooting. He only scored 6 points, grabbed 6 rebounds, and collected a steal. And then uh, the uh, the bench is not all that interesting. Karis LeVert played 23 minutes and scored... 12 points, grabbed two rebounds, no, sorry, grabbed three rebounds, three assists, and a steal. And he's the guy I kind of want to focus on right now because uh, he's, you know, he's never, he, he's been kind of a, a polarizing fantasy prospect. 
mostly because of his percentages and sort of lack of an outside shooting game, propensity for turnovers, all that. He's more of a counting stats guy. But I'm interested in what his role is going to look like if Spencer Dinwiddie is really just going to become the de facto shooting guard for this team in a starting lineup. Because I think that the Nets are rewarding him for how well he played with Irving out, how he sort of kept this team afloat. I think Kenny Atkinson doesn't want to rock the boat and keep you know, both Dinwiddie and Irving happy together and wants to find ways to utilize the two of them. So if, if Dinwiddie is going to be leading the team in minutes with Irving on a night-to-night basis, and you know, Joe, Joe Harris is going to get his minutes because his floor spacing is too valuable for this team, and, and you know, Torian Prince is one of the only guys on the roster who's capable of playing power forward, he kind of... Karis Levert's kind of phased out in that equation to a little bit, uh, to a degree. You know, I, I think he's going to get some minutes, but it's kind of hard for me to see how he gets above 25 minutes if Dinwiddie is seeing this amount of time in the starting lineup. So I, I'm, I don't own him anywhere. I know a lot of people do and have been sitting on him for months, waiting for him to come back. And I think that you know he's a cornerstone for the net, so they're definitely not going to phase him out. But I just don't see how he gets to thirty minutes right now, which is kind of interesting. Do you have any? Do you have any takes on the guards forward situation going on in Brooklyn right now? Um, if Dinwiddie's going to start, you know, like I said, uh, he or like you said, he maybe retains that value we we're expecting the drop off, probably go back to the bench. Um, but I don't. I don't think he was a drop candidate, like some people were saying, because he he does too much mm-hmm. in those counting stats. Um, and if he's going to start, you know, maybe he'll, he'll he should be worth owning, I think, in twelve team leagues. And definitely right there with you on Levert. I've, he gets so much fantasy attention in the last. I think on the season in nine cat, he's like number three hundred and forty five. And in the last month, it doesn't get any better. Number three hundred and seventy five, barely in the top four hundred, guys. The percentages are terrible. The turnovers are way higher for somebody who. For somebody getting you that amount of turnovers, you expect him to make up for it in the counting stats. And thirty-eight uh, percent from the field in the last month, fifty-seven from the free throw line for a guard, and almost three turnovers a game. And the minutes don't seem to be going up, like you said, Alan. It's I know he's you know still probably ramping up slowly, but for somebody, you need him to get a lot of a lot of counting stats to make up for his deficiencies and it's probably not the popular take but if there's somebody super hot on your wire and he's your last guy i don't think he's a must hold guy mm. what do you think alan are no. are yeah. you to, well, yeah, are no. you to that point with him or are you just interested in this uh him not what what's your take no i i think that you're very i think you have a point and it's just you know it's hard to convince people that he is He's just got so much name value tied to him that it's just hard to drop him. But look, like a night like tonight, there's four or five guys who are popping up as interesting ads. And I know that there are some people out there with Levert on their team just holding on, hoping that they can they can get something out of him. I, I really don't – it's hard for me to see where the minutes come for him if this is the lineup that Brooklyn's going to stick with. It's just there's not enough space for him to get involved. And I mean, that could change. But even if it doesn't, the stats or the fantasy stats, that's not there. I think he's just, if you're going to go in any sort of format with him, it's probably a points league. Yeah. And yeah, Kurt, I mean, you said it yourself. This guy is just outside the top 300. And 
until those turnovers percentages like he needs to, he needs to fix two at least two categories dramatically to get himself up to a valuable spot and it's gonna be tough to see if he's only seeing 23 25 minutes a night yeah and and even if it's not for uh, somebody long term like you could use that spot for streaming i'd i'd if i ha- i have him in one spot i think um but i'd I might look to a guy, uh, Dumboya's owned in most of my leagues, but if he's floating out there, I think he could have a strong second half. And I'm a little uh, intrigued by Mikhail Luke, like we were talking in the last game. He's been super hot mm-hmm. from three lately. I don't know. Even even if these guys are only contributing like points and, and threes and steals to an extent, at least they're not butchering your team in three areas. Yeah, no, it's, it's a tough one, but... You know, if you're holding on to him, I guess the only thing that you hold to it is that this is a guy that Brooklyn does care about long term. So they'll find ways to get him involved in best case scenario. Maybe he gets on a roll scoring wise. He just he's just got to fix one of those percentages to be worth it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Do you want to hear about these Embiidless Sixers? I definitely do. All righty. Well, Tobias Harris went nuts today. 34 and 10 with three dimes, four triples, pristine 14 of 20 from the field. Al Horford, 14, 8, and 6, two steals, one block, two threes. Classic Al Horford line. Ben Simmons played 41 minutes for 20 points, 11 dimes, six boards, a steal, a block. Josh Richardson, 15, 5, and 2, a steal, three blocks, a three. You know what you're getting from the starters here for the most part. The guy who is intriguing here is Matisse Tybel, inserted in a starting lineup. You know you're not going to get much from him offensively, just five points, but those defensive numbers are what you want. Two steals, four blocks, also chipped in a three, so seven cash counters. I'm definitely intrigued there. Uh, Embiid's, he's supposed to miss like a, a week or two, or if, if not more, so if is going to continue to start, I think he's probably just outside standard league value. Um, just because he needs to do a little more in other categories, but those defensive numbers are juicy. So, I, I I would consider streaming him if you need defensive numbers. If you don't have a blocks kind of guy, if you could use some steals off the bench. Uh, Norvell Pell was interesting also, but only saw 13 minutes. He had four points, seven boards, and two blocks. Um, I don't remember what it is, but I know he's got like a, a super high block rate. Other than that. If you're in a, a deep, deep league, maybe 16 teamers or so, you got Korkmaz who can contribute some threes. Um, that's really all I got on Philly. Not not much changing except for Tybal, and I'm keeping an eye on Pell. Uh, I guess one other thing, uh, Kyle O'Quinn, who we saw get scooped up a little bit after Embiid went down, he got another DMPCD, so he's a pretty clear drop on that front. What's your take, Alan? Yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is that's relevant with the Sixers. It's mo- mostly just the five guys. Six when Embiid is back in. Um, Pell, it tells another guy that I had on my watch list just because he did. It just seems like the Sixers are like, you know what? Sorry, Kyle O'Quinn, but uh, Pell's our guy now. And you know, he's he's like, what? Is he? I think he's like seven feet or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a monster. So he he. Yeah, Kyle O'Quinn's an afterthought. Uh, Mike Scott, you know, he was in the starting lineup before Tybal jumped into it. And he wasn't doing much of anything. He was barely a three-point streamer, so he's continued to be irrelevant for me. Mm-hmm. Tybal is definitely who I'm, you know, he, he's the most intriguing guy because he's the only one who probably you have a shot at getting at your wire, uh, get taking a shot at on your waiver wire. 
I think he's only owned in 7% of Yahoo leagues right now. And I'm, re- I'm really interested to see what he looks like in his next ball game. Uh, he, I think it made sense for him to start tonight because Brooklyn was rolling with a pretty small starting lineup, Torrey and Prince at the four. So it was easy to move Toby Harris down to the four as well and put Tybal in there. Um, he's definitely the guy who could stand to benefit the most fantasy-wise with Embiid gone, who's not one of the four mainstays on this team, Horford, Simmons, Harris, and Richardson. So keep your eye out. I think they play Chicago on the 17th next. We'll see how many minutes he gets in that one, and more importantly, how many defensive stats. Yes, sir. Should we jump cool. over to San Antonio and Miami? Let's do it. We have um, we had a close game in this one. Miami edged out the Spurs 106-100 to at home. DeMar DeRozan... I mean, you got—he's been crazy good over his last two to three weeks of games. It was one of the best lines of the night. And very efficient, twelve of fourteen shooting from the floor, thirty points, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, six of seven from the line. Um, this is pretty—I mean, the, the, the efficiency that he's rolling with right now is pretty outstanding, and it also represents a pretty clear avenue to where you see he can drop off. Um, because he's not doing a lot else in the counting sets. He's just hitting his shots at a really tremendous rate. He took zero three-pointers in this game, by the way. So this was all very efficient inside the perimeter type things, which is what DeRozan excels at. So, you know, it's nice that he's able to get it going that way. But, you know, I'm not buying on him by any means because he's going to be going for a ridiculously high price. I, if I have him, I'm going to try and sell him for that high price, see if I can land myself maybe a top... 30 to 25 guy while he's on this run because you know i think DeRozan is mostly a top 50 player maybe top 45 when it all settles so it's not crazy to try and reach for that third round echelon with him while he's going like this right now you might catch someone who just thinks that this is the norm uh lamarcus aldridge had a quiet one he scored 12 points on 12 shots five of 12 from the floor two three pointers five rebounds and an assist but i'm not worried about him at all uh, DeJounte Murray kind of had a quiet game tonight's game, uh, ball game. He only scored four points on two to six shooting with seven rebounds, three assists and a steal For the, over the last month. He's been inside the top 80, but his last two weeks have been a little rough putting him, I think outside the top 130. So, you know, you take the warts when it comes to him, you know, what sort of upside he possesses. I think that Derek white is no longer a threat in any capacity. So, Murray is still a guy that I like for out-of-position rebounds and especially defensive stats. I think you hold on there. Don't get too panicky with what's been a kind of rough stretch here. Uh, Patty Mills was on fire off the bench, 21 points on 8 of 15 shooting, five three-pointers, but there's nothing to do about that. He's not a guy I'm looking at in any setting. Add for mention Derek White in 22 minutes, scored 11 points. Uh, had a rebound and assist with two steals and a block shot, but also not interested. And, you know, I know Spurs fans are really clamoring over Lonnie Walker. They really want Popovich to sort of get over the old Grinch routine and just let this kid play. He saw eight minutes in the first half, didn't do much in them, and then he didn't play at all in the second half. He's a guy that I think of all the bench guys in San Antonio, well, okay, maybe there's two guys on the bench in San Antonio that are sort of interesting to me. He's one of them, but... He's really just, he needs Popovich to really let him loose before he has any sort of relevance. The other guy that's interesting is Jakob Pertl, who in 14 minutes blocked two shots, grabbed four rebounds, had an assist and a steal. 
he's only interesting because of that high uh, upside in blocks. If you know, like like very like a sixteen teamer, you need some blocks. He's probably a guy who's floating around that you could grab, but he's going to need more minutes to get himself up to some sort of valuable level. And yeah, that's kind of it for the Spurs. Do you have anything on this, Kurt? No, man, I'm right with you on the the sell high with DeRozan. That's those those stats are crazy. Something like sixty percent from the field mm-hmm. in the last month, eighty something from the line, and. Like I said, I think he's at number twenty-eight or so in the last month, and he he pretty much always is in that forty forties range. So, yep, I, I like that take. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really it, man. <laughs> yep, the Spurs are a pretty boring team these days, which is uh, pretty on brand. Yep. On uh, the Heat side. We had our guy Bam Adebayo go for 14 points, 13 boards, 7 assists, 2 blocks, 36 minutes. Duncan Robinson did his usual thing, 11 points, 3 threes. Jimmy Butler was quiet with 12 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. Myers Leonard started, but he's not a standard league guy. And we saw Kendrick Nunn heat up for 33 points on 13 of 18 shooting. Chipped in five three-pointers, four assists, two steals. Uh, I was able to scoop him up in one league before his last game. Took a took a flyer on him, and I'm pretty excited about that. Tyler Hero was out today with uh, a knee bruise, a uh, left knee bruise. It uh, doesn't sound like anything serious at this point. We saw Kelly Olynyk get nine minutes off the bench. I don't think he's got minutes in quite a while. This was his first time in five games. Yeah, he hasn't been getting minutes, really. But also we saw Derek Jones play 25 minutes for seven and 12, season high in rebounds, one assist, one block, one three. I really like his game, but in the last three, the minutes have been kind of low. And Justice Winslow, who knows if he's ever going to get back and stay healthy. Not that I like his game, um, but what I like about him even less is that he takes away time from Derek Jones. So without Winslow, Jones usually does fine, but if he's going to return anytime soon, he, he takes a little bit of the, the certainty off of Jones for me. So I think, for me, I understand having him in a standard league, but I think he's he's just outside that equation for me. I think he needs to be owned in 14-teamers and deeper for sure. Uh, Goran Dragic... 17 points, 5 assists, 5 three-pointers. He's kind of a fringy guy because he doesn't really contribute in other areas. Man, really, I don't have anything else here. Dion Dion Waiters is uh, still not with the team. Not that you're hoping for anything there. Alan, what's your take on these Heat? Um, well, yes, yeah, so I like the Derek Jones Jr. take. I'm also on the same page with you that I want him to be a standard league guy, but he's so, a little on the fringes for that. He's yeah. definitely uh, someone who should be on 14-team rosters, though, because of those defensive stats on nice efficiency. And, you know, he can get you a handful of rebounds. Tonight was pretty great uh, in terms of that, but it's definitely not the norm. Um, my guy Duncan Robinson, someone I always pay attention to when the Heat are playing, and he definitely saw a boost in playing time with Tyler Harrow out tonight. He's had a really tough stretch where uh, over his last 10 games, he's been shooting around 43% from the floor. All the, you know, it's all, he's still doing the same stuff because he's got one job for this team, and that's to just shoot a bunch of three-pointers. He only took one shot that wasn't a three tonight. And he, he played okay. 
Um, I, I still like him as a standard league three-point uh, guy, particularly in nine-cat with the very small amount of turnovers that he gets and the generally high percentages combined with three-pointers is a rare commodity. So, you know, if you can, if you're definitely in need of threes, he's definitely uh, a, a guy who's appealing in that respect. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little less fantasy-oriented, but the whole Kelly Olenek thing is just sort of strange to me, right? I mean, I... He was playing consistent minutes, and then all of a sudden, he's just completely gone from the rotation. Derek Jones Jr. basically ended it. And yeah, I don't know if you recall in the offseason when the whole Jimmy Butler trade thing was going down, Dallas was involved as a trade partner. That uh, Olenek and Drogic were initially guys that were being shipped out in that trade, but there was some snafu. I don't recall how it happened. Um, but it was all public. We like everyone knew that. Like everyone was like, "Oh my God, Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic are going to play together." Kelly Olynyk is going to be in Dallas now. He's a great power forward option. And then it just didn't happen, and they had to rewire the whole deal. Kelly Olynyk, probably a guy on the trade block. I don't know. He's an interesting fantasy player when he gets the minutes. I, I I'm putting him on my watch list just for like the fun sake of you know. Yeah. Maybe it, it's clear the Heat showed their hand and that they're interested in moving him for the right price. And he could have fantasy value if he goes somewhere where he can play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like that's it. About it. He's, he's one of those guys, too. You know, we know his fantasy game. If he gets consistent minutes anywhere, like around 25 minutes a game, he's solid, yeah. contributes across the board. But yeah, maybe we're in for a fun uh, trade season. We'll see. It's got to start eventually. We're only, I mean, we're basically a month away from the deadline. Some the shoes gotta drop at some point, so yeah. Hoping for a Linux sick that he does end up getting moved. I guess we'll head on to our next ball game, and this is one that definitely requires some some analysis for both sides. We'll start with this, of course, the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards. We'll start on the Wizards side of things. Uh, by the way, the Bulls won one fifteen to one oh six. Washington is in the midst of getting all of their regulars back. Bradley Beal led the team in scoring with 23 points on 8 of 13 shooting in 27 minutes, had two three-pointers, four rebounds, four assists. He's a guy, particularly, mostly in a head-to-head setting that I am pretty afraid of owning because of he, he there's there's some shutdown risks across the league, but he seems like a surefire bet to be a guy that you can't really trust when you need him most in a playoff setting. So I'm probably trying to move off of Beal, but as a as a different discussion, um, Isaiah Thomas he in 25 minutes scored 12 points on four of eight shooting, two rebounds, two assists. I am pretty sure that he's on the wire in all of my leagues. Any sort of hope that we had for him having fantasy value sort of evaporated, and you know he's going to be playing for a contract next year, so maybe he's either he's washed or he's just sort of saving himself for maybe an end of season burst to sort of give everyone a reminder of what he can do before the year closes out. That's all speculation. Regardless, whatever the point, I don't think he belongs on teams and he, he's just, he's not (laughs) based off of all my anecdotal evidence. So yeah, Jan Mahimi. Well, actually let's start with Thomas Bryant, who's playing with like an 18 minute restriction minutes restriction. I think he only saw 12. Scored five points, three rebounds, and assists. They're going to ramp him up slowly uh, with that stress reaction from his foot. But once he's back up to 30 minutes, he could be playing at a top 60 to top 70 pace. Jan Mahimi continues to see a ton of minutes and actually play 
pretty all right with him. He had eight points in this game, 30 minutes, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocked shots. But I, I don't think you do anything with that. Uh, Gary Payton started and only saw 18 minutes, 10 points, two rebounds, two assists. The interesting, uh, the interesting guys on this wizard. Oh, and Davis Bertans. I'll, before I'll get to these other guys, Davis Bertans in 26 minutes off the bench, four 15 shooting, four three pointers, five rebounds, two assists, and two steals. He's also ramping up a little slowly. So once he gets to that 30 minute range again, he's probably going to continue just lasering in three-pointers from all over the place. So he's a guy that you should definitely have in all lineups. But the interesting, the two interesting guys that are worth, uh, on this team right now are Jordan McRae and Troy Brown Jr., who both saw tremendous increases in usage and opportunities with all these players' sideline. And their returns have affected them in different ways. We'll start with McRae, who played 25 minutes in this game, shot 6 of 13 from the floor and had 16 points with four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. He's been able to maintain mid-20s minutes, and he's still getting a lot of shots off the bench. So it's been somewhat encouraging that those shots haven't completely evaporated for him. He's moved to the fringe in a lot of people's lineups because of the fears that he's about to drop off, but we still haven't quite seen it yet. I'm pretty sure he's still scored in double digits in all the games that Beal has been back. But before I finish this thought, let me confirm that. Yeah, pretty sure Beal's been back for, what, like three games now? I think so. Yeah, so yeah, McRae, McRae uh, you know, he's still getting his shots up. So that's, that's a good sign. I'm holding on until I see them disappear. The, the guy that's disappointing, though, in this equation is Troy Brown Jr., who saw 17 minutes in this one, missed all three of his shots, no points, three rebounds, an assist, and a steal, a brutal line. He's not. He's comp- He's now competing uh, for minutes at the wing with the likes of Gary Payton, uh, Isaac Bonga, I think McRae to a certain extent, and then you know Beal. He was sort of seeing his a lot of his burn at that small forward shooting guard spot, and the hope with him was that he was going to sort of lock that down. And you know, to his credit, in his last game, he played 31 minutes, and he wasn't terribly he he was pretty good in them but his shots definitely disappeared he wasn't a particularly high usage guy so those dipping shots were pretty impactful i i don't think it makes sense for troy brown to not play big minutes with this team he's a lottery pick the wizards are going nowhere he's a position of need but when this team is healthy scott brooks has been reluctant to play troy brown big minutes and this game was Definitely not a positive in that respect. Do you have any thoughts on some of these Wizards bench guys, or really any of the Wizards in general, Kurt? I'm with you on everything, man. Agree with Beal being a shutdown candidate. Uh, Already interested in McRae, and then the fact that Beal could go down just makes me even more interested. He hit the wire in a couple leagues that I'm in, uh, preemptively, I think, when people heard Beal was coming back. So I had... A really close eye on this box score tonight. If he went off, I, w- I was ready to pick him up in leagues where I got somebody to cut. Other than that, man, he like you said, Troy Brown watching him too. But yeah, those those two are probably the two I'm watching the most uh, for a fantasy standpoint here. Yeah, um, I still want to hold on to Troy Brown. By the way, if I have him in a spot, but he's obviously. You know, there's a guy you need to go out and make an add on, which we might talk about a couple of them with the, with the next team here. He, he he's definitely someone who could be in the first in line to get that drop. Yes, sir. All right, so why don't you lead us off with Chicago? 
Alrighty. So uh, Zach Levine had 30 points, 7 boards, 7 assists. He's been a monster in the last month, number 12 in that span by uh, 9 category rankings, according to Yahoo. Also seen 39 minutes in that span, so that's a, a little bit scary for a guy that's got a, somewhat of an injury history going on. He was solid tonight. Also chipped in six threes. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, 18 and five, had a three pointer. Lori Markinen was okay with 13 and eight, two three pointers. And uh, Chris Dunn, your steals and assist specialist, two point seven assists, three steals, and a block. The guy everyone really wants to know about probably is Daniel Gafford, who went down after one minute with a, a sprained thumb, I believe, and he's supposed to miss two to four weeks. So that's pretty brutal and throws a lot of cold water. He was uh, on him, you know, being a super hot pickup after Wendell Carter Jr. went down. Now Gafford's down. So next man up, uh, you'll probably see a lot of people to grab Thad Young if he was still out there. But I'm actually more intrigued by somebody else I'll talk about in a second. Uh, because, again, Gafford only played one minute, and Thad still only saw 21 minutes himself, and he wasn't in foul trouble. He had a nice line, 18-8, and eight, with two steals and a block, also had three threes. But the minutes are a little low. Uh, he can be a standard league value while these two are set to miss an extended run here. The guy I'm intrigued with is the guy who led the team in minutes, Luke Cornett, saw 35, kind of forced into action. He's probably just uh, looking forward to eating some popcorn today, and instead he got forced into a pretty massive roll. Ten points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks, one three. Um, if you watched this guy in New York last year, you know, they called him the Unicornet. He uh, is capable of giving you those unicorn stats, the threes and the blocks, and if tonight's minutes are any indication, gosh, I don't think he ever got close to mid-30s last year he, he was a, a strong pickup for a stint last year and I think his minutes were only in the mid-20s at that point so if he's going to be anywhere near 30 even not if he's going to be anywhere near 25 I think he's a solid pickup but 35 that's monster amount of minutes if you got somebody to cut like you said Alan if you're uh, sitting on Troy Brown I think he's absolutely worth a flyer with with both those bigs down and Thad Young having a lot of wear on the tires there. I think he's absolutely an addict. He, he might be the hottest pickup of the night, if I, I were to guess. I haven't looked at transaction trends. Other than that, Kobe White, 10 points and a 3, 2 assists. Not a standard league guy there. And maybe we could see some more minutes for Cristiano Felicio, but I wouldn't bank on it. Only saw 7 tonight. That's all I got here, Alan. What's what's your take? Who do you think emerges from this? And uh, what size league would you need to be in to pick up Cornette? Or maybe what kind of guys might you be dropping for him if you want it, so, if you were? So I uh, I think, well, I, I think I agree with you on your order of priority here. Cornette is the guy that I, or Cornette, I'm going to go Cornette. Yeah, Cornette is the guy between him and Thad Young that I think is the, the most appealing. And I think both are worth a look in standard leagues. I think, I, I think that you have no choice, but to add Cornet because Felicio is one of the worst centers of the NBA. That's his yeah. only competition to get playing time. I just don't see how Cornet doesn't get 30 minutes a night and he, the threes and the blocks. Those are, those are enough you know, that that can really, 
he should be on teams uh, and because we have a timetable. We got it pretty immediately, too. I think there was a quote from Gafford after the game. He said that it looked like his thumb was basically off his hand. That's how Ooh. dislocated it was. So, yeah, it, it, that's, a, that's a rough one. I, I had imagined that we're looking at towards the, the back half of that two- to four-week timetable with Wendell Carter already out a month. But unless the Bulls make a, a move, which is possible because the trade deadline is coming up in a month, Cornet's going to be the starting center for this team. And yeah, he, he should be, I think he's an ad in all standard formats if you have a guy you should drop. That young also is just going, I, I mean, yeah, he only saw 21 minutes tonight, but I find it hard to believe that he's not going to see a, uh, an increase in playing time. I think Chandler Hutchinson also left with a shoulder injury in this one. I don't know anything about the extent of that, but he's another guy who could have taken some of those forward minutes. I, I know Boylan's pretty reluctant to, to play Markin in at center, which is for good reason. He's not really uh, an enforcer down there. He can get bullied. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Cornet one, Thad Young two. I'm interested in both in standard leagues. I don't think Thad Young is necessarily as high priority as Cornet is, though. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and what's crazy, I looked at uh, Yahoo transaction trends. I like to I like to look at that sometimes mm-hmm. and sort it by all players. He's actually not even in the top 20 most added guys today, which is surprising. Uh, not is. surprising is Daniel Gafford is the second most uh, dropped player today. Not that you want to invest all your time into transaction trends because this includes a lot of leagues with guys who uh, maybe are less than competitive or not exactly sure what they're doing. But for me, I think Cornet's the biggest uh, guy to emerge from tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, that's actually really surprising to me. I figure that most people are at least somewhat aware of Cor- of what Cornet brings to the table. I mean, he was in New York last year, and you know, he had a nickname. People knew who he was, and I definitely know that he jumped on to, I think at a certain point, like 30 to 40% of fantasy leagues for that two-week stretch or however long it was that you mentioned at the top of this. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's surprising. I, I really just can't foresee a scenario that he doesn't see 30 minutes. I just, I just can't. Even then, twenty-five has to be the floor. I just, there's just no. That's just got to be it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, maybe guys, you take advantage of that. You're listening right now, and Cornet's on the wire. Make that move. Yep, I'm with you. He's available in ninety-six percent of leagues at the time of this recording. All right, I'm gonna see if he's on the wire. All right, I'll get back to that. <laughs> Let, let me let me go through the next team and then I'm gonna go add Luke Cornett. It's uh we'll move on to the Indiana Pacers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota, uh, sorry, Indiana wins this one, 104 to 99. Demontis Sabonis went huge in this one. 36 minutes, 29 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, a steal, and a block. There were some concerns about his knee coming into this one. In fact, I saw a crazy quote that I saw. You know, it was floating around. The uh, you know fantasy analyst circles. It was from Nate McMillan who said something to the extent that Sabonis can't hurt his knee any more than it already was, and that he's just going to play th- uh, play through pain, and they'll just keep an eye on it. Which sounds like red flag central. You're t- throwing a big man out there with a bum knee, and it's just like, yeah, just play through the pain. It's fine. Nothing bad's ever happened to a guy who's done that before. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, apologies to Nate McMillan because uh, obviously. Sabonis was perfectly fine. He just—he was the best player on the floor tonight, and it wasn't even close. Malcolm Brogdon, uh, second on the team in scoring this one. He had 21 points, 
six rebounds and six assists. This wasn't his first game back, right? He's been playing. Uh, he's been back for a while now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was his second game back. And he's looked good in both. He's a guy that's you continue to roll out there while we wait for Victor Oladipo's return by the end of the month. One guy that I definitely have an eye on in, her, in anticipation of that Oladipo return is Jeremy Lamb, who saw 28 minutes uh, at shooting guard. Shot 4-7 from the floor, en route to 9 points, 6 rebounds, and assist in 2 steals. He's had 3 pretty shaky ball games in a row, and people started have been dropping him, which has kind of happened a lot this year. He's been on and off, and people throw him on the wire, pick him back up, throw him back on. And he's still he's been a very usable player in nine category standard leagues with with Oladipo out. He's definitely a guy who uh, the, he's the logical guy who's going to be threatened the most once Oladipo comes back and starts taking minutes. I don't know if it'll be immediately. It might be more down the line as Oladipo ramps himself up. There's potential too that Lamb could still have relevance because I think that he is. Uh, among the six best players on this team, so maybe he could burn himself to a six-man role and still hold some value. All this is to say that I, he's a guy that I'm watching, but I'm not dropping because he does have value even when he has slumps like the one he has right now. And you know, he didn't—he sh- shot fine from the floor today, so it wasn't all bad. Uh, uh, one guy that definitely is hurting with the return of Sabonis was Miles Turner, who only played 23 minutes. Had seven points, three rebounds, an assist, and a steal, and a block, and a three. So he did get the one-one-one, but that's the only good thing that you could say about his line. It's we, we saw it when Sabonis wasn't playing. Turner is a much better player when he doesn't have to share the floor with him, and that's uh, that's something we're just going to have to continue. His owners are going to have to continue grappling with. Justin Holiday led the reserves with 32 minutes, but didn't do all that much. Six points, five rebounds. I feel like his minutes are just going to really disappear when Oladipo comes back. Maybe you see Lamb slide in and take the majority of those off the bench. And then the two point guards we sort of keep a side eye on. Aaron Holiday in 18 minutes did absolutely nothing. He had an assist, and that's it. Missed all five of his shots. TJ McConnell had eight assists in 19 minutes, but he's too fringy for my taste, so... Yeah, that's kind of what I've got on the pacer. Oh, and I don't think I said anything about T.J. Warren. And there wasn't much to say about T.J. Warren. It was a very yeah, mess sort of line, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists on 5-11 shooting. And he's the top 100 player. That's all I've got on, on, on T.J. Anything else to add, Kurt? Nothing, man. Not a lot changing for me from a stand- fantasy standpoint. Like I said, I keep an eye on Lamb for when Depot returns. That's, that's the biggest thing for me as I'm just a – Eagerly waiting Depot's return. I got him, I think, in four leagues. So, eager for that. But, yeah. Um, On the Timberwolves side, wouldn't you know it, we saw Carl Anthony Towns come into this one questionable and then not play. We're seeing that that questionable tag really doesn't mean a whole lot when it comes to Minnesota. And in an odd twist for this new decade... One of the most durable fantasy players in the last few years has yet to touch the floor this decade. Pretty crazy. I am starting to get a little worried. Luckily, I just ended up not having him. Uh, I guess that's lucky or unlucky. I ended up not having him on any of my teams as much as I love him. Um, and I'm I'm definitely uh, concerned there. Interested to hear your take on that, Alan. I don't know if this is a potential shutdown thing coming on i don't want to start the panic train but i think the panic train's already building some speed here um robert covington 
In other news, 14 and 7, two steals, one block, four threes. It's your typical solid Covington line. Andrew Wiggins has been uh, being more like the Andrew Wiggins of old lately. 10 points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, and a three. Gorgie Jang, he's been an early round guy with Cat out. 15 and 11, three assists, one block. Uh, he's also been hitting a lot of threes in that span, but didn't hit any tonight. Shabazz Napier had nine assists, but not much else. He had a solid run, but in the last few, uh, he's he's below standard league value for me. I could see it in a 14-team or a deeper. The more intriguing guy here is Jarrett Culver. 17 points, five rebounds, one assist, two steals, one three. Had 31 minutes. He's... He's kind of in that same boat with uh, Karis LeVert when it comes to percentages. 43% from the field in the last month, 45 from the free throw line. But he only takes one and a half free throws a game, so I don't think... I think that number weighs down his overall rank, which is 206 in 9-cat on the last month, more than it actually hurts your team. His assists are also aren't terrible in that span at only 1.8 for a guy that handles the ball a good amount. Uh... What I love about him, opposed to Levert, are the defensive numbers. 1.5 steals in the last month, 1.0 blocks, also chipping in one three-pointer. So if he's available on your league, I think he needs to be owned. He, he's owned in all of mine, and I think he's in for a big second half if you can uh, stomach the not-so-pretty percentages. Other than that, Nas Reed, I've been paying a... Close eye to him, Alan, ever since you mentioned him. His his fantasy game is fun, man. If he mm-hmm. he's one of those per minute monsters, but minutes weren't there tonight, only eight. But he's he's definitely been worth keeping an eye on. He he looks fun, man. If he ever gets a solid role, he's gonna be a nice guy to own. Jeff Teague only had nineteen minutes today. Um not sure why. Nine points, five assists, one block, one three. And other than that. Kata Bates, Giap, 17 minutes. Very solid line for only 17 minutes. 15 points, 6 boards, 3 assists, 1 block, 2 threes. Uh, this guy, gosh, he's, he, according to Yahoo, he's 0% owned. Um, 8 points, almost 4 boards in the last month. But yeah, not, not a standard league guy there. Alan, I feel like I might be missing something or overlooking something here. Tell me what it is. I don't think that you are. I think you touched on all the big names that you, you know, the Carl Anthony Towns thing is obviously, I've just resigned myself to this. I just, I will believe that he'll be back once I actually see him playing. I do not trust anything about what the Timberwolves say about his status. And even though they keep saying he's getting closer I'm pretty sure he was ruled out like an hour and a half before tip in this game. So I, who knows? Uh, Nas Reed is one of my favorite, uh, think about him in the last month of the season kind of guy when all the Timberwolves just shackle up for the year and they just let these young guys play because he's got a very tantalizing stat set. Yeah. And, you know, Jared, Jared Culver's coming on. He's a guy that I think should be owned and, standard settings at the very least considered right now not if not for the stash appeal just because he's he is doing stuff um you know the percentages are improving particularly that field goal percentage is what's key for him if his shot is being is able to fall there then it all comes together 
You know who has uh, dropped off way further than I realized? Hmm. Andrew Wiggins. After his crazy hot start to the year, he's currently 87 in 9-cat, and that doesn't even include tonight's lackluster game. Mm-hmm. Dude, on the season? Or, sorry, last 30 days, which is a 10-game sample size. Not a huge, huge amount, but, you know, an eighth of the season. He's number 218. Oh, oh, God. Dropping like <laughs> a rock. And that span, 38% from the field. 3.2 turnovers. The blocks have dipped below one. The steals have dipped below one. Man, so it, it, it looked like maybe he'd turned a corner, but he is, he's back to uh, Andrew Wiggins' stuff. And who knows? I mean, I feel like a good amount of that, maybe not a good amount, there's definitely a factor of Carl Anthony Towns not being there that's probably leading to that. Yeah. Because, you know, with, with Towns, he's able to get a shot up anywhere on the floor, less attention on Wiggins, who I guess now is seen as the main offensive gear for this team with uh, Towns out. So surely that has to play a role. But even then, 218 is disgusting. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a real drop-off. Yeah. Um. There's another interesting thing, you know. I mean, maybe we don't need to spend too much time on this because there's a few other games we need to get to. But Robert Covington's been uh, a guy I've heard a lot about as a potential trade piece. I think I listened to a podcast with uh, Howard Beck and Sam Amick the other day, where they talked about Covington being a guy who's going to be shopped around. He's a logical guy to ship out. I don't know. He do you do you have any sort of feel on? Do you think Covington's a, a guy that you'd be interested in? Well, sorry. Do you think Covington's a guy that could be on his way out of town? You know, I, I hadn't heard heard any of those rumors yet, but, I mean, any, anyone's fair game. And, uh, you know, he's an older guy, often dinged up. I'd, I'd actually heard some talk that they might be looking at moving Cat, which to me sounds pretty nuts. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd need something solid back in return. And the the chatter I've been hearing is that they were potentially looking into uh, a cat for DeAndre Ayton trade, which I I wouldn't be doing that, Minnesota. But <laughs> no, I don't know no. if 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 they do, or that's the case. If if uh, cat is for sale, then you would think they might be looking at a a rebuild here. So if cat's up for grabs, then you would think Robert Covington definitely would be mm-hmm. at that point. You know, Wiggins is fair game. It. I like the the fun trade deadlines, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah, it's there's nothing. I guess there's there's no real point in speculating right now. I just yeah, <laughs> he's I, I kind of hope Covington gets traded because if given his injury history, if he's just on this team that's going absolutely nowhere, mm-hmm. you think about his shutdown potential. Oh, for sure. There's nothing nothing to play for. So I guess I'm hoping for a trade for him in that in that uh, situation. Um, all right, well, I guess I'll wrap things up for that one. So let's move on to another very interesting game for both teams involved is the Toronto Raptors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Start with the Raptors side of things who are slowly but surely almost all the way up to uh, full health. They had Marc Gasol come back in this game, and they featured a very strange, giganto lineup featuring Kyle Lowry, OG Inanobi, Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, and Gasol all starting. I guess Siakam was the small forward in that equation. We'll start. Uh, we'll start with. Um, we'll start with Gasol, who I got to say, I you know, people were asking whether or not you throw him into lineups immediately, and I was saying no. This is a 34-year-old center coming off of a, a hamstring <laughs> strain and played in 12 games, so 
logic would dictate that he was going to be, and he's also a low usage player. He's not taking a lot of shots. So yeah, logic would lead you to believe that he'd be pretty slow out the gate. And he looked great. He shot six and nine from the floor, 15 points, five rebounds, six assists in a steal, three, three pointers. And, you know, people might have forgotten Gasol was playing at around a top 80 to top 75 pace before he went down over like, you know, maybe a two to three week span. So, uh, he, he definitely rubbed people the wrong way at the start of the season with his shaky play, but I, I think that he's a standard league guy. He should be off waivers if he's still on them right now. It's a very encouraging sign that he played as well as he did. The guy that I'm concerned about uh, as a sort of a the other side of that coin is Serge Ibaka, who had really been eating up a ton of playing time with Siakam and Gasol out of the lineup over the last month. And he was posting about top 100 value, just barely, mind you. It was only, I think, 97 and 9 cat over 12 games with those two gone. But before, the when Gasol and Siakam were healthy, Ibaka was only floating around the top 130. So he's a guy who's set to drop off, I believe. And I'm, I really hope that this opportunity he's gotten has maybe helped him maybe help him retain some value, but you know, it's worth noting that Abaka was only playing 22 minutes a game when all these guys were healthy. And in that amount of time, he's just a really, he's a guy you can't trust. He started tonight. I saw a blurb about it. I think it was uh, Nick nurses wanted to get him to start at his old stopping grounds in Oklahoma city. So I don't know what to make of that, but really what's going to happen is Fred Van Vliet's rumored to be returning this weekend. And once he's back in the lineup, Serge Ibaka seems like the most logical guy to return to the bench. And that's when things are going to get dicey. So he's, I think it's too late to trade him if you weren't able to. I know I tried to um, in anticipation of this, and I didn't have anyone biting probably because they knew the thing that I said about Ibaka to start all this off. He was barely a standard league guy before, and you just kind of have to hope and pray that he finds a way to maintain some value now with all these guys healthy. Um, elsewhere, Kyle Lowry, 33 minutes, 17 points with six, four rebounds and eight assists and a steal and two three-pointers. Pascal Siakam is starting to look better. He shot 9 of 15 from the floor and route to 21 points, four rebounds and four assists, two steals, a block, and a three. It's a great line, actually. OG Ananobi saw 39 minutes, led the team in that category and played really well. 21 points on eight of 13 shooting. Five rebounds, five assists, three steals, and three three-pointers. All the starters played really well tonight. I don't even think I said what Sergio Baca's line was. It was 15.6 rebounds and assist and a steal, for, for the record. Um, OG's been sort of becoming more fringy as of late, but I still think he's a guy I'd hold on to in standard leagues, at least at the end of my bench. And, yeah, then Norman Powell is the other guy worth talking about, and he saw 27 minutes, scored a bunch, 23 points, but didn't do much else. Two rebounds and two rebounds. Yeah, that's that's it. Three 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 pointers as well. He's a guy who's really going to fall off once Fred Van Vliet can't, comes back. Like Ibaka, he was bare, he was not standard league usable when this team was fully healthy. He got a lot of burn because of all the injuries that we've seen over the last month. So his time in the sun is probably coming to an end pretty soon. And uh, some of our other favorite Raptors bench guys that we've been paying attention to over these last several games are gone. They're, they're, they no longer exist in the fantasy landscape. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson played eight minutes and did nothing, and Chris Boucher got a DNP. So we're, we're getting back to basics in Toronto, and 
there's definitely some ramifications that come with it. Uh, any more thoughts to add on that, Captain? No, man. Uh, only bench guy that's worth owning there, I'd say, Norm Powell. Uh, the nice thing to see here that Kyle Lowry, who's been averaging close to 42 minutes a game over the last month, was down to 33 tonight. I don't know if that was by design or due to his four fouls, but if you own Lowry, you're definitely wanting him closer to a 30 mark than 40, so good to see there. And with you on the Ananobi uh, take, I, I love his game. He had earlier in the season, he was at like, there was one point where I think he was at 1.73s, 1.7 steals, 1.7 blocks. Those are some juicy numbers. Obviously, he's <laughs> tailed off since then, but uh, I love that, that fantasy game that he's got there. So I'd be holding on to him if you had him. Other than that, man, you want to jump over to the Thunder? Please. Alrighty, so we had a guy who's been one of the more surprising guys for me this year, Chris Paul. Um, not surprising if you ask mo- most hoop ballers. Uh, he's, he's been good, but the surprising thing is I'm pretty sure he has yet to miss a game, which is pretty crazy when you have... He hasn't missed a game, and you have uh, guys like Carl Anthony Towns, Mr. Durable, missing 10, 12 in a row. Anyway, Chris Paul, 16-11 and 11 tonight, four steals and a three... Perfect 5-5 five, five from the stripe. Danilo Gallinari, 23-4-3. Four, four triples. Also perfect 5-5 five, five from the stripe. Steven Adams went down tonight with a... Is it a sore knee? Yeah, a it's bruised... a knee contusion, yeah. Yeah. So, that's interesting. There might be some ramifications from that. He only saw seven minutes. Terrence Ferguson started. You know he's not a standard league guy. Did give you four defensive stats, though. Shea Gills Alexander, after a 2020-10 game, he had still a very solid shooting game, 60% from the field, 2 of 2 from three-point land, 7 of 7 from free throw. Uh, actually, the starters combined here to go 100% from the charity stripe. Uh, he had 21 points, uh, did I just say this? Six rebounds, six assists, uh, three steals, and a block. He's been really good after... Uh, Kind of a lackluster start to the season. In the last month, he's number 19 in 9-cat. Just really turning it on. He's bringing those percentages that we knew from him last year. In this span, 52% from the field, almost 86 from the stripe, and doing it on good volume of almost 6 a game. Yeah, 1.7 steals in that span, 23 points, 7 boards, 3 assists. Really coming on strong, especially for those who took him uh, a lot earlier than, than where he was in his ADP. With Steven Adams out, and we don't exactly have a timetable here, we also have Nerlens Noel out, who's day-to-day. We saw Mike Muscala emerge for 31 minutes. He had 17 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 3 threes. Um, you could argue maybe he had a better line than Luke Cornett, and so maybe you're seeing both these guys picked up a lot. I would not be picking up Muscala. He just doesn't. He hasn't. He doesn't have the pedigree to be relied on, at least for me. And plus, you have Noel, who seems to be day to day, and Adams, who we don't know, could miss a couple weeks or could also be back tomorrow. So Mascala does not have any kind of guaranteed role here, where we have the opposite for Cornette with uh, Gafford and WCJ both being out for close to a month. Other than that, one of our Hoopball Six guys. Dennis Schroeder had 37 minutes for 25 points, 6 assists, 2 steals, 5 threes. He's been solid. And that is all I have on the bench here. 
I'm, again, not picking up Muscala. But if you are, Alan, try to sell me on him. Uh, I love Moose. He was a fan favorite here in Atlanta. And uh, I'm still you know, part of that 60-win team that's near and dear to my heart. But you will not hear me making a sales pitch for him as an ad. I agree with you. Um, there's a lot of guys that are worth looking for as an ad tonight, and he's not one of them. He's never really had a fantasy game worth monitoring. He's really just a big guy who can stretch the floor. And there's value in that, but not if you're not able to get rebounds and defensive stats, which I know he did get the steal and a block tonight, but that's really not his MO. If he rolls together a couple of games like that, I'll change my mind, but I'm not there yet. God, I would... Steven Adams doesn't miss time for anything. And, of course, he goes out with an injury when Nerlens Noel is also out himself. We, this is Nerlens Noel is like the per-minute master in all of fantasy sports. He's the guy above everyone else that if he gets a lot of minutes, he could, like, if he gets himself to like 30 minutes a game, he could easily be playing at an early round pace. I actually have Adams and Noel on the same team in a league. And it's killing me that now they're both got this injury tag on them at the same time. So hopefully Noel comes back. If Adams does miss a lot of time, he could be huge. And yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, Justin Patton. I don't know if you, if that name rings a bell at all. He was a lottery pick a few years ago and he, he played a career high 11 minutes hmm. uh, as a center in this one. Uh, nothing to add there. I just found that, you know, I forgot that he, I didn't realize he was still floating around in the league. And if, Muscala is set to become the starting center. I guess that he'll play some minutes, but I don't think there's any fantasy relevance there. Yeah, yep, good, that's about it, man. Good tidbit there, man. I, I didn't even know who he was. I got to be honest with you. I um, just, yeah, I just, I, I, the name sounded familiar, so I, I looked it up, and he's only played like six games, and I hmm. think 10 minutes was the career high before this one. Wow. Well, you know what, Alan? You know what, what uh, makes watching these games a lot more fun? Tell me, Kurt. Throwing a few dollars on them. Why don't you go place your bet next time at mybookie.ag? What do you think? Our online I, betting. Go ahead. No, I think I think that's great. Yeah, please buddy. tell me more. These are our online betting partners here at the Hoob. Go sign up for a new account and use the promo code BOXSCORE. That's B-O-X-S-C-O-R-E, all caps, one word. The score box. The word box score again. And my bookie will give you a fifty percent deposit bonus on up to a thousand bucks. That's uh, quite a chunk of change, there, guys. So go over there, visit mybookie.ag. Again, promo code is BoxScore, and make yourself a few extra dollars. All right, yeah, that's BoxScore promo code. Go get it today, guys. We have three games left to get to, so let's hop to it. We have the the Charlotte Hornets and Denver Nuggets. Denver beating the Hornets at home 186. Some more news to get to in this game on the Denver side of things, but uh, I am stuck with the boring Charlotte Hornets <laughs> here, so uh, let, me, let me get through them here. There's not a lot to talk about with Charlotte. Uh, Cody Zeller finally got back into the starting lineup. Bismack Biombo switching back to the bench. I don't know if there's a reason for that because I'm not paying attention to those guys at all. In fact, honestly, if anything else, I'm just sort of glad that Biombo's finally out of the starting lineup because I hated writing about him in the pickups columns. Uh, he was people kept you know saying like, "Hey, this is a rebound specialist. Go, you know, he's got something right." Bismack Biombo has got such such an 
infuriatingly terrible value. He just he he's a rebounder, and that's it. I mean, listen to this, Kurt. He's played 802 minutes this year and has only collected nine steals, which is huh. there's, there's just there's no other player that's that's like that. It's just it doesn't even it boggles the mind how yeah. he's incapable of just even getting in front of a pass. Is he's a complete negative there. He's a complete negative in threes, complete negative in free throw percentage. So many holes. I don't, I, he's just a guy that I he confounds me. I don't know why he was starting either, but glad that he's gone. Um, <laughs> no, no offense to Bismack. I'm sure he's a great person. Um, let's see. And, and elsewhere, let's talk about Terry Rozier, who's on one of his heaters. He's been on and off all year. He's been on coming into this game over his last 10. Uh, he was playing at his top 65 pace. I think that he's kind of on pace to hit his ADP, but I don't know if he's going to exceed it. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I think that, you know, he's kind of a hard guy to trade because he's got some stigma attached to him as a shot chucker, but he's been, he, he's been usable pretty much all year. And a lot of it due to in part to him just playing really well uh, for stretches of games like this. He had 20 points in this game on seven of 14 shooting six, three pointers, Nine assists, three rebounds, and a steal. Very serviceable stuff. Devontae Graham, we're, we're always keeping an eye on him to see if he can figure out his shooting touch. He, he didn't shoot terrible tonight. It was 14 points on four of 11 shooting, three three-pointers, two rebounds, and four assists with no defensive stats. So sort of an empty line. Miles um, Bridges is another guy that we pay attention to in Charlotte, but not for the good reasons. He's been a very frustrating player to own, and tonight did not help that case, he scored 14 points on 16 shots, only hit six of them, had a three-pointer and eight rebounds and nothing else, no assist or defensive stats. Oh, no, he had a block. So he had one block to that line. But still, he's been very he's been outside standard league pretty much all year, save for maybe one four- to five-game stretch. He's kind of a drop for me because, um, you know, we're – kind of at the halfway point and we're really not seeing a lot of light at the end of the tunnel for this situation. I mean, we saw what he could do at the end of last year. He played around a top 70 pace with some low usage defensive stuff, but I don't know where it comes this year, man, especially if he's taking shots and not hitting them like this. And then uh, PJ Washington played well, six of seven shooting from the floor, 14 points, four rebounds, four assists and two steals and two and two from, from three. And yeah, it's, Kurt, is there any other interesting things to be pulled from Charlotte? Not really, man. I, I still uh, maintain I think uh, Devontae Graham is a buy low because that horrid mm-hmm. field goal percentage, I don't see how it gets too much worse. But, yeah, you, you pretty much rocked it all, man. Cool, cool. You want me to touch on these nuggets? Please. All righty. So uh, we got the walking wounded here today with uh, – Paul Millsap out due to injury. Gary Harris out due to adductor strain. And Mike Bolone saying that they're going to take a quote-unquote big picture approach to him. So I assume that means, you know, we're, we're looking at the big picture. So no need to rush him back is kind of how I interpret that, which means, you know, he, he could be it. We don't have a timetable, but that that phrasing makes it sound like to me that he could be looking at an extended absence. 
Uh, he was already very fringy, so unless you got an IR to tuck him away in, uh, he's in the drop realm for me. And we also saw Jamal Murray go down today after 15 minutes with a ankle injury. And the x-rays were negative. Um, Alan, you were saying that you, were, you saw him basically had to be helped off the floor. So he could be looking at an extended absence here. So we're going to have some other guys emerge most likely uh, before we get to them. Just touch on uh, Nikola Jokic, 12-8-8, steal two blocks, Jokic-type stuff. Same for Will Barton, 13-3-3, two swipes, a block, three threes. They'll be just fine. They'll probably see an uptick in usage here. The other guys, um, Jeremy Grant, nothing's really moving there for me. Um, he was already starting for Millsap, so whatever you're doing with him, just keep on doing it. 14-5, two blocks, and a three. We saw Torrey Craig get a start tonight. Four points, two rebounds, an assist at a block in 26 minutes. I'm not interested there for standard leagues. We saw also Michael Porter Jr. play 28 minutes for 19 points, eight rebounds, one assist, two steals, two threes. Very solid line. Um, I got to admit, two weeks ago he had that game where he went off for 25 points and everybody was picking him up. Because, I mean, who could blame me? I guess Mike Malone was saying he's basically going to be six-man moving forward, and that just didn't hold. Uh, so I, I was not excited about picking him up at that time. But now with these injuries, uh, particularly the one to Gary Harris, we don't, we don't have a timetable on – well, we don't have a timetable on either of them. But Murray, I don't know. He seems to usually bounce back pretty quick, I believe. So – I don't know. I Basically, I guess what I'm saying is Michael Porter, for me, is more tied to Gary Harris than uh, Jamal Murray. So if Gary Harris is taking that big picture approach, we could see a good run for Michael Porter Jr. He's got some upside. I, I haven't looked at his uh, college numbers, but I don't think he's really known for the defensive stats. I think he's more of like a high-volume scorer, so just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, we also saw Monte Morris get some extra run. Malik Beasley actually only had seven minutes. I would think he'd get a little more run. Uh, Monte Morris saw 24 minutes but only had four points and five assists. Hernan Gomez played 18 minutes, not doing anything there. And uh, another guy who's, who's probably not really even worth mentioning, P.J. Dozier had his season debut, saw 13 minutes for 12 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 threes. The thing that I saw interesting here was he's a, a former G League MVP. I didn't know about him, but in that time, he averaged... No, this year, he averaged 21 points, 7.8 boards, 7.6 dimes, 1.6 steals, and 1.7 threes in the G League. Uh, I saw those numbers and I must, I thought these must be his uh, per 36. But I mean, then then again, he is he was averaging 36.9 minutes. I'm going into a way deeper tangent on this than I need to because I don't think he's going to be a, a standard league pickup. But I could be wrong. Alan, who are you excited about over here? Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Dozier, but I'm going to start with um, Monte Morris, who I think is the clear pickup that you have to look at with Jamal Murray out. Uh, while you were talking about it, I was just looking around to see if some more news came out about it mm -hmm. since you and I started recording. 
and there's no there's no updates, no timetable. Uh, they don't even seem to have. There's nothing out there about when Murray's set to be reevaluated. What's no? I'm seeing something that he had quite a bit of swelling, so that doesn't sound great. Chances are, it seems like he's a very likely to miss Denver's game tomorrow. They're playing a back-to-back, so Monte Morris, the very least, makes sense as a streamer. I think that you know we saw what he was capable of last year. He's a, he's a, he's got a very rare skill of being able to pile up assists on very low turnovers. I think that's very valuable in nine cat, especially if you're trying to bump up your assists without hurting that category. So um, I, I think that he's definitely worth consideration in standard leagues. Especially if Murray's out for a while, Morris is going to Morris could Morris could become very valuable. So he's the guy I'm looking at first. Um, Dozier, yeah, yeah like I I didn't know much about him either, but I also came across those G League stats, and they are they they look great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's what he did in 13 minutes tonight is honestly really impressive. Um, so he's a guy I'm I'm at least. I'm at least aware of now, and, and yeah, I think I, I'm going to put him on a watch list and see what happens if Murray misses time. And yeah, the Michael Porter Jr. thing is at least a little interesting because yeah, I think a lot of his minutes in play tonight came without Gary Harris. But you can make the argument that if Murray is also out, that perimeter scoring is going to be a very uh, it's going to be needed for this team, and Porter Jr. seems to be the best option off the bench. He's not someone I'm adding because of that, but he is someone I'm watching. We'll see what he looks like tomorrow, what kind of role he's looking at. Because, so, again, yeah, Murray just seems like he's going to be unlikely for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's about it on the on the Nuggets. All right, So man. let's move on to our final two games of the night out in California. We'll start in Sacramento. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Sacramento Kings 127 to 123 close looking score but it also looks like sacramento had to do a lot of garbage time digging towards the end um i mean obviously i didn't see much of it so i don't really know but based off of what i'm looking at here on this box score luka Doncic was um incredible (laughs) he scored 25 points had 15 rebounds 17 assists Six turnovers, no three-pointers, nine of ten from the free throw line, which you like to see. He's been sort of shaky there recently. An eight of 18 from the floor. Um, that's Luca. Um, let's see what else we got here. Dwight Powell scored 17 points in 35 minutes on eight of ten shooting, nine rebounds and assists. He's been great recently. Um, he was already playing pretty well when Porzingis was around, but having Porzingis out has definitely helped him a lot more. Uh, coming into tonight over his last 10 games, he was number 72 overall in nine cat. And a lot of that is tied to his ridiculously sky high field goal percentage. He's shooting 69% on seven shot attempts. That's great stuff. And tonight it's obviously more of the same. He's a, he's a huge boon to that category right now. And I think that he has, Standard league value, even when Porzingis comes back. So he's a guy who should be owned everywhere. Or, you know, standard leagues. Um, what else? What do we got here? Maxi Kleber, Kleber continues to start in Porzingis' absence. Who I, I sort of buried the lead. Porzingis was reported to come back for this game tonight. In fact, really, he was a late before tip-off scratch. So... Who knows why there was a setback there? My guess is that he plays in the next game, which... We'll cut into Clever's uh, play pretty significantly. He's been playing at a top 45 pace 
or top 50 pace with Porzingis out. And he did pretty well again tonight, 14 points, four rebounds, a steal and a block and two three pointers. It's those cash counters that he's really good at coming by, but he needs the minutes to get them. Dorian Finney-Smith scored 15 points and grabbed eight rebounds with a steal and two three-pointers in 39 minutes. He's not a guy I'm really interested in, kind of too fringy for my taste. Tim Hardaway Jr. played really well, um, 7-15 shooting from the floor with 18 points, three three-pointers, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And Seth Curry scored a lot off the bench with 21 points on 7-11 of 11 shooting with five three-pointers and a rebound. But neither guy I'm all that interested in. The only other player that's worth mentioning is DeLon Wright, who continues to see his minutes slip by the wayside. 14, he only saw 14 minutes in this game. Four of seven shooting from the floor with eight points, four assists, three rebounds, and a block. That's actually not terrible for that amount of playing time, but it's just also not usable in fantasy leagues, which is unfortunate. Um, With the the Mavericks perimeter guys healthy, he's just someone who's going to continue to be phased out, it looks like, and I don't think you can trust him. What do you feel about all that, Kurt? Have any other thoughts? Just that I'm super stoked to be going up against Doncic in my head-to-head matchup this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, DeLon, we, he's one of those permanent guys. We just hope for more minutes, but it's it's just not happening. I, th- I think he's actually like somewhere in the 70s or 80s on a, in 9-cap. But for me, I, I just need more minutes. I, I feel like there's a little more upside and a little more intriguing guys out there on the wire for me. Um, even though if you're a pretty live and die by the rankings, then he's a must own guy. But other than that, I'm I'm not I'm not grabbing him in standard leagues unless those minutes tick up and stay up. On Great. the Kings side, we have uh we're hearing that Rashawn Holmes got some on court work in, but still hasn't changed his timeline from what we're seeing. Bogdan Bogdanovich is still out with the ankle injury. I believe this is his sixth game. So that should leave more room for uh, some of these other guys. Nemanja Bielitsa had 11 and 12, five assists, two steals, one three, 36 minutes. Heavy minutes for a lot of the starters here. Man, Nemanja Bielitsa, somebody on Twitter said to me that he's basically got nine lives. Like anytime you think, okay, well now it's time to drop... Bielitsa, like, his run's about to end. He just finds a way to survive. Not, not even by his own doing, it that we know of. But his teammates <laughs> just keep seem to be dropping around him and opening up that opportunity. So, until you see that opportunity drip, or <laughs> drip, until you see it drop, keep riding him. He's number 78 on the, net, on the past 30 days in 9-cap. So, solid there. Marvin Bagley had 30 minutes tonight, which I believe is his season high. I also believe he's still on a minutes limit. He had 12 and 7 with an assist. No defensive stats, no threes. Getting a little antsy with him, but, you know, he's making his way back. I I think he could still end up being possibly like an 18 and 10, 20 and 10 kind of guy for the last couple months of the season, but uh, he still needs to, to ramp up here. Harrison Barnes, 25 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, a steal, 2 threes. He'll chip in these solid games here and there. But he's number 226 on the season. So if, if you like the scoring and rebounds, that's fine. But he doesn't usually contribute a whole lot outside that. De'Aaron Fox had a really nice game. 27 points, 12 assists, 7 boards, 2 threes, a steal. Shot the ball well at 11 of 17. Buddy Heald also had a one of his better games. He's 
he's due for a bounce back, we would think. 25 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 threes. Uh, his season rank is a lot lower than we we're anticipating. In the last month, he's number 161 in 9-cat. So he's pretty much a, a, a very solid buy low. I think he finished somewhere around 40 last year, if memory serves. Um, and with all these guys getting so much run in the starting unit it didn't leave anything for the bench and really even in deep leagues you don't want anything to do with Corey joseph or harry giles at this point what did i miss here alan no you hit everything that's really important there's one other thing i wanted to add but i would hardly call it um important it's uh dwayne deadman um uh basically after seeing minutes again for three games in a row went back to getting DNP'd, mm-hmm. big-time trade candidate piece. I don't even think you can call it a candidate. He's publicly said, trade me, please. So um, similar to Kelly Olenek, he's a guy I'm putting on a watch list because if he gets traded to a situation where he's able to see playing time, he has fantasy value. And it's just remembering him and hoping that he finally can get himself back out there because he's a fun fantasy player, man. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a guaranteed steel block and three guy which is hard to come by. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the Kings. All righty. Who do you want to hit next? So we have one final game on the docket, the Orlando Magic in the Los Angeles Lakers. This looks like this was a fun one. 119 to 118, the Magic steal the victory in L.A. Or if someone hit a game winner in this one, I'll look into that. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, start from the top. Markel Fultz, triple-double. 33 minutes, 21 points, 10 assists, and 11 rebounds with a steal. Um, DJ Augustin is not in the lineup right now because he of his sore knee, which he's, I think, getting an MRI on tomorrow. But Fultz has just got free reign of the starting point guard spot, and he was really not usable for a while. Um, I think that you, you got to sort of reevaluate and take another look because he, he, at the very least he could be going on a hot run. With uh, this play here, and I mean, you know, he, he's the point guard. He's the only point guard on the roster because I don't think Michael Carter-Williams is playing either. So he, he's got a lot of burn. A couple of guys saw a lot of weird minute totals in this game. One of them was Wes Awundu, who saw 32 minutes and scored 19 points, grabbed four rebounds, two assists, and two steals, and one three-pointer. Right before you and I hopped on, Kurt, I saw something on Twitter about how towards the end of the first quarter, Steve Clifford throughout a, a, a lineup where Wes Wundu was the point guard for stretches, which I found to be interesting there. If you're looking for another ball handler, apparently they are trusting Wes with him. He was the last starter to leave the floor, and I think he played 11 minutes in that first quarter, and he had a really nice ball game. So I, I don't – personally, I don't think that there's anything to it because he's not expressed a real fantasy aptitude at any point of his career so far. But I'll put him on the watch list at least, just until we get more clarity on the Augustin news. Um, Aaron Gordon in 38 minutes scored 21 points to go with six rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a three-pointer. One of his better lines of late. Nikola Vucevic uh, scored 19 points on 18 shots, um, grabbed four rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Not his best game. I guess JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard got the best of him down low. And... um, Tim Birch also started and only saw 16 minutes and did nothing with it. And he's a guy you and I talked about 
a while back, I think, and he yeah. just doesn't have a lot of appeal to him, and we kind of see it here. And then uh, coming off the bench, Terrence Ross, 31 minutes, scoring 15 points, four rebounds and three assists with a steal and two threes. He's going to get a ton of opportunity um, with Augustine not around to lead the bench unit. It's kind of his now. And um, Gary Clark, who the Magic uh, signed to a deal, uh, he was formerly with the Houston Rockets earlier this year. He saw 20 minutes, got in there for 10 points, four rebounds, and hit two three-pointers with a block shot. But yeah, there's nothing really there. I think uh, I remember him from that one stretch with Houston last season where everyone was out and it was just Harden and a bunch of G League players. And I remember Clark having a bunch of fun lines here and there. But I don't think that's enough for you to anticipate him being a fantasy worthy guy. And then old BJ Johnson, who uh, had a nice, who had two nice games with the Atlanta Hawks last year. That's what I remember him from. <laughs> he saw 23 minutes in this game and shot four of 10 from the floor with nine points, three rebounds, and assisted two steals with one three pointer. Also, a guy who doesn't really deserve any attention. So I guess I only brought him up because of the fond memory of those two games yeah. uh, with Atlanta last year. Reminiscent. Kurt, Reminiscent. Uh, anything else to add here, Kurt? Nope. Uh, only thing, well, with <laughs> I say no, and then I go on to say something. Uh, <laughs> Kem Birch, like like you talked about, I was keeping one eye on him, but the minutes have trended down in each of the last three, and 16 minutes and one rebound is not cutting it for me, so that, that one eye that was open in his direction has uh, shut pretty firmly at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the Lakers' side... We had Anthony Davis out again. I believe this was his third game missed with that bruised tailbone. Uh, obviously, they're going to play it safe with him, and they're in a, uh, no need to rush him at sitting at 33-8. and eight. Sure, they, they would have liked to take this close game, but either way. Uh, LeBron James had 19 points and 19 assists. One steal, three rebounds, two threes. Kyle Kuzma, who's been starting to knock down some threes lately, had four points, seven assists, and a block, and no threes tonight. Uh, He's not really been a standard league guy, though. Uh, Well, he definitely hasn't been. In the last month, though, he's creeped toward that conversation. He's number 136 uh, in that span, averaging 17 points and almost two threes. Uh, A lot of that comes from two games where he, he had the 36-point game and the 26-point game. Other than that, it's been a little bit all over the map. So unless you really need some threes and scoring boost, uh, I don't think he's a must-own guy. JaVale McGee had 14-9, and nine, perfect 7-7 seven seven from the field with three blocks. Um, he's an okay low-end center. Danny Green only saw 17 minutes tonight for 11 points, two rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a three. He's got that 1-1-1 potential. Uh, I think he's in the top 100 for nine cap, but there are more exciting things out there for me. Uh, Alex Caruso had a concussion, so he could miss a couple games if he goes into the concussion protocol. We also had Rondo out with a finger and a hand injury. So with those guys out, with AD out, it left a little usage up for grabs. Quinn Cook off the bench took advantage for 22 points, four boards, an assist, a steal, four threes. Uh, you can't really count on that when these guys come back. Caldwell Pope, he's been doing well also for your, your points and threes kind of streamer, and usually gets about a steal a game. 17 points, six boards, three assists, a steal, three threes. 
Uh, Dwight Howard, 9-16 tonight. Uh, whatever you've been doing with him, keep doing that as well. Uh, yeah, really, really, the, you know the must-own guys here, LeBron and, and AD. Obviously, everyone else is pretty fringy depending on your, your team's particular needs. But I'm, I'm not really uh, rushing to pick any of these guys up. How about you, Alan? Yeah, no, I'm on the same page with you. It's the LeBron and AD team, and that's that's it. Uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard can squeeze their way into the conversation with some rebounds and blocks and low-end field goal percentage, but, yeah, none of these guards are I'm, I'm paying attention to at all, really, even if there are injuries that come in front of them. There's just, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of how every LeBron James team goes. You always know that he's gonna, it's going to be him, it's going to be another star player, and then it's a bunch of insulary guys around him who just sort of get it done but do not help you from fantasy perspectives. Yes, sir. Um, they do find it interesting that, you know, Anthony, I feel like there's a conceited effort going on right now to label Anthony Davis's injury as a gluteus maximus contusion. <laughs> like, it, like, I mean, you guys could just call it a tailbone injury. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's pretty aside funny. from that, that's, that's my only uh, Lakers thought, I guess, towards <laughs> the end of the show here. Um, um, yeah. Hey, um, I got a little surprise treat for you. I just oh, really? noticed we, I think we actually missed one game. Uh, Portland at Houston. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> so you're our, totally our, right. our fun continues for one more oh, game. Wow. Good catch. Man, how do we all, how do we forget about this one? I'm sure listeners are like, are these guys done yet? <laughs> you got us for one more game. Sorry. All right. Let's got some bonus content. Bonus. Sorry. All right. Let's start with the Blazers here. They beat the Rockets 117 to 107. Carmelo Anthony, let's start there with him facing off against his former team. 18 points, 12 rebounds, and an assist on 7 of 10 shooting. Decent stuff there. He continues to be a low-end very low end standard league guy, not really worth owning. Definitely more points. Leaky. Hassan Whiteside continued his early round pace, seven of 16 shooting from the floor, 18 points, 18 rebounds, two block shots, but missed half of his free throws. That's actually a little more reminiscent of old Hassan. So not much to do about that. Just keep rolling them. Damian Lillard. He scored 25 points inefficiently, 8 of 20 shooting from the floor, one three-pointer, 8 of 8 from the line to go with 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals. Kent Bazemore, God, Kent Bazemore scored 12 points but took 13 shots to get there, only two three-pointers, 4 of 4 from the line, had 9 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a block. I've been off of Bazemore for a while now, and this efficiency is definitely part of the reason why he's just, yeah, I don't think... There are many people that are really care about him at this stage from a fantasy perspective, so I'm probably talking to no one on that point. And then CJ McCollum, 38 minutes, he scored 24 points, had six assists with a rebound, two steals and a block, and three three-pointers. And the Blazers are a very easy team to go over because their bench is horrible, and there's no one on it worth talking about. Kurt, do you, uh, do you think I covered all the basic things here? You absolutely did. The only thing I'll, I'll waste a breath on is – these juicy numbers from Hassan Whiteside in the last month, man, I can't get over this. Almost 16 points, almost 18 rebounds, 3.8 blocks, and also 54% from the field, 72% from the stripe. Number eight in that 14-game sample uh, size in 9-cat. That's, 
That's just so juicy, man. Crazy, crazy numbers. Anyway, uh, on the Rockets' side, we saw the worst game of the season, really, for James Harden. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks, 1-3. You know, if he was anyone else, you'd you'd be probably all right with that line, but we expect more from him. Uh, Coming off, this is the second game of a back-to-back, so, you know, maybe he just... uh, Needed a little breather, gave a little extra run to his buddy Westbrook, who played 42 minutes, and we had a, a rare uh, Russell Westbrook triple-double, at least for this year. 31 points, 11 boards, 12 assists, a steal, two threes, missed five free throws for you. Clint Capella, 14 and 18 with a block. P.J. Tucker, three points, four boards, one assist, one steal, one three. Um, I can understand holding on to him, but for me, I, if I owned him in 12-cat, I'd be looking for some other options out there. Ben McLemore, five threes, 17 points, steal and a block. He's starting now uh, with Daniel House coming off the bench. I think he's also a drop, seven points, two boards, an assist. And Eric Gordon chipped in 20 points and six threes. He's usually going to hurt you pretty bad from the field uh, 7 of 18 tonight and he's he's just not uh he's not my kind of fantasy guy really there's there's a lot of three point streamers as he, he's one of my least favorite even though taking 13 is a good sign if if you're looking just for threes what did i miss over here Alan? there i don't think you missed much of anything at all the rockets are the rockets these days and for me, the thing I most pay attention to with them is when P.J. Tucker is finally going to get his his stuff back together. Um, you know, I Dan Vespers I know is a guy who really plugs this uh, this this narrative with him, and I happen to agree with it because I was on the losing side of it last year. Tucker goes through these really terrible spells where he's not doing anything, but then can turn himself around and start producing at a top eighty ish range when you know his shots fall. So I'm, I'm holding on, but my patience is definitely being tested because he's just really not putting anything together. The only good game he's had recently was against a terrible Atlanta re- uh, front line where he's able to grab those 17 rebounds. But other than that, he's been very uh, nondescript. So, yeah, that's kind of all I think I have to add about the Rockets. Yeah, and, and you're right, man. He can, he can go through some a little streaky, can go through those hot spells. He's 101 on the season in the last month, really hurting you a little bit at 185. But, yeah, a guy that's got that that potential. I could see if you want to hold on. But I'm I'm looking for those shiny toys out there on the wire with a, a good amount of them popping up today. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Oh, man. And that's the show, guys. Uh, we told you at the onset it was going to be a long one. And we, we held true to that promise. Uh, Kurt, let's we're going to sign off here. But before we do, where can the good people follow you? Uh, listeners, thanks for staying with us. If you made it this far, uh, you're you're super dedicated. Glad to have you with us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Captain Canegas. It'll probably be in the description. Hit us up with your questions. Alan and I are uh, on the Twitter quite a bit, hitting you up with responses any t- pretty much any time of the day. So, uh, Alan, where can you be found? You can find me at my name, at Alan Strokey, A-L-A-N-S-R-O-C-H-I. will be on the description when this is posted to Twitter. You can also find our podcast on the Hoopball homepage. And guys, if you made it this far towards the end, why don't you tweet at me and Kurt uh, the code word. We'll call it, a, <laughs> call it teapot. 
Tweet us at Teapot if you listen to the whole podcast. We appreciate it, guys. That's your Wednesday card. We will catch you next week. Have a great rest of your week. Catch you next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.